Guys, Trump's handling of Comey has inspired me. You're fired. Damn it, I just learned the last thing on Comey's to-do list, investigating the substandard. Foiled again by Donald Trump. The fate of the universe lies on your shoulders. Now, whatever you do, don't push this button. Because that will set off the bomb immediately and we'll all be dead. Now, repeat back what I just said. No! No, that's the button that will kill everyone! Try again. I am Groot. Mm-hmm. I am Groot. Uh-huh. I am Groot. No! Hello and welcome back to the Substandard, now part of the Ricochet Audio Network. I'm Victor Mattis along with Jonathan Velast and Sonny Budge. I'd like to remind you that the Substandard is available on iTunes and Google Play. Just look under podcasts and search for Substandard. You'll easily find us. Please subscribe. Tell your friends. Leave a review. In addition, we'd also like to remind you that Substandard show notes posted by Jonathan Last are available every Friday at 11 a.m. at weeklystandard.com. We're just thrilled here in the studio because at long last we have a sponsor, and we've been working on segues and transitions. It's so seamless you won't even notice it. Uh, but a little bit more on that later on. Um, gentlemen, uh, how are we doing? JVL. I had a great weekend. It was awesome. I had a birthday weekend. My children and wife were very, very kind to me, got me lots of lovely presents, and went to Dave and Buster's to celebrate Ooh, on a I've Saturday night, which is gateway drug gambling for children, basically. Yes. And uh, it was great. We spent $150 on tokens so that my son Just could on win enough points to get a $3 football. Congrats. <laughs> it's one of the greatest uh, rackets of all time. I heard a rumor that it's based on how many coins you know, are deposited in the bank, and once it reaches an X amount, then the claw works. That's what I heard. <laughs> no, this isn't claw. This is like playing oh. skee-ball oh, and then okay. shoot the shark yeah, and yeah, stuff sure. like that. Okay. And, right. uh, you know, sometimes I wonder, I've never actually done this. Next time, like, my kids want to go to Dave & Buster's, I wonder if what I should do is say, well, we could do that. We could go to Dave & Buster's and have a great time, and at the end of which you could go into the prize room and choose a prize with whatever you have won with your tickets. Or I could give you $150 right now for you to buy something else really cool. Which would you prefer? No, no, I want the furry thing for 50 cents. That's what I want. All right, fair to enough. To be fair, the $150 also buys you an evening slash afternoon of entertainment. Gets you out of the house. Gets you... Gets them distracted. Well, you don't I know. Like it. <laughs> it's yes. so funny. You know what? You'll learn when you're when your uh, kids are old enough to go no. to Dave and Buster's. Okay. You'll learn. Not not as fun. No. 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 Fun. It's it's. I know. I, I, th- I know what Sonny's saying. It, it's kind of like it's kind of like when I you know rationalize losing X amount uh, at a casino and and saying, well, no, that was the entertainment fee. X. X. It's like a four X. figure X. It's like a well, you yeah, know, it's you only know. you know, it's only. You never lose. lose. What are you talking Me? about? Me, I never lose. No, I often I often play just to make up for the dinner. And the restaurant, I mean, and the restaurant, and the, and the uh, round trip plane tickets. Yeah. And, you know, it, just, it pays for itself, these sure, trips, sure, these trips sure. to uh, the Mississippi River boat gambling. Okay, Sonny. Uh, <laughs> the saddest of the gambling. That is the saddest of the gambling. Um, for another episode, Sonny, how are you doing? I'm great. Uh, it was funny. What did I you was, do? I, so I was catching up on some old episodes of uh, the Larry Sanders show this weekend for a piece I'm writing for the Wall Street Journal, and it was a lot of fun. And uh, I, w- I, I had I'd kind of forgotten, A, how good it was. It's a great show. People, more people should watch it. But I, I had forgotten that the original episode, the, the first episode of the show, 
it like the central uh, conceit, the central tension within it is Larry Sanders, who's played by the great and recently departed sadly Gary Shandling, uh, who is the host of a talk show. It's like a show within a show type thing. He's the host of this talk show, and it's like a Johnny Carson, you know, setup. Uh, is he's asked by the the studio uh, slash network uh-huh. to uh, to read advertisements live on the air he has to like he has to the it's the garden weasel or something the weed weasel or you know whatever it's like this i remember that it's a it's a hilarious (laughs) it's hilarious and he's you know he's having all of these moral issues and these qualms like oh i'm selling out you know what i can't do this this is demeaning and i was just watching that thinking to myself i don't understand this problem at all uh the only thing i've ever wanted is to sell out the only thing i've ever wanted in my entire life is for someone to say uh, we trust you enough to pitch our product to the masses because we think they they believe in you and we believe in you. And here's some filthy, filthy lucre to sell our goods. Vic? Stop spending a fortune on gimmicky shave tech you don't need. Make the smarter choice by joining Dollar Shave Club. Get your first month for only five bucks with free shipping by going to dollarshaveclub.com slash substandard. Speaking of the substandard, we've been getting a lot of customer reviews lately. Yeah. It's, Vic, I'm sorry. Yes. That was great. Oh, good transition. That's good, guys. No, oh, not even the transition. Me, oh, just the, the copy reading. Yeah, the reading. That was the reading. Was reading. Well, you know what? I, it's, it's, I'm other copy podcasts. Copy reading? What are you talking about? I Other podcasts, I tend to sort of like fast forward past the ads, but craftsmanship. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Well, that was great. there's more to come. Uh, we, uh, just like our reviews, they just keep on coming in. And uh, gentlemen, do we have uh, nominees? Uh, JVL. I nominate Stephen Filippi, who says this is a human Star Wars trilogy. The show is akin to listening to the original Star Wars trilogy in human podcaster form. Victorino is Star Wars, the fun-loving de facto leader of the group, but so full of euphemisms that he makes Luke's proton torpedoes into the Death Star's exhaust port look tame. (laughs) Jonathan, episode V, last is Empire Strikes Back, the kind of rankings and found triumphant empire is good movement. Uh, I don't understand what that means. Maybe there's a typo there. His enunciation rivals that of Darth Vader's apology accepted. And his prontogenes would be great for trekking the swamps of Dagobah. Lastly, (laughs) Sonny is Return of the Jedi. You may think his Ewok-like opinions are wrong, but their cute contradictory nature is just a mask for the ferocity that can bring empires to their knees. Sonny brings balance to the force, and he is always right. That's true. That that's was, a that's yeah, a strong yeah. review. Boys. Strong review. I'm glad I love Star Wars, and uh, I'm glad I'm not the Ewoks, Sonny. Uh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't <laughs> bother me. Sonny. Uh, this review has a list by Davik Moles. Uh, Five stars, of course. Five star review. Yeah, you don't get considered for this. Five stars. Oh yeah, unless you go five. Uh, JV, last Sunny Bunch, and Vic Mattis are at the height of their powers and discussing all things nerd. And with the substandard mini episodes now, it keeps getting better. This list, this has a list. There's five items on it. Number five, uh, and it's it's a list of the best tropes of the show. This it's very it's a very funny list. Number five, Vic's fascination question mark with Emma Watson. What? Number four, Sonny is always right. Now, I will say that that is at least three spots too low, but whatever. That's that's okay. We, we can live with that. Uh, number three, trope, JV lasts lists. Number two, trope, Vic, what time is it? And what follows? <laughs> and number one, the number one trope, muting Sonny. Okay, not a trope yet, but, you know, it'll happen. It'll happen one of these days. Vic will, Vic will send, me, send me out of the office, and I will, I will never be allowed to come back on the show. Anyway, thank you for the very nice review, uh, Davik Moles. 
Well, that was touching. That's a good one. I it like that. It was actually very thoughtful. Uh, I liked Spaced Seed, uh, which uh, Space Seed says, I rate this podcast six stars out of five. Why? So it goes on, but let's get to the last sentence, which is, had iTunes been aware of the substandard superior quality prior to devising the inept five-star rating system, six-star reviews would be possible. There you go. That's excellent. It's kind of like a dialing to 11. It really is. This podcast goes to six. Yeah. Uh, okay, so do we have thoughts? Uh, winner, what do you like? I like Stephen Filippi's Human Star Wars trilogy. I also like Human Star Wars trilogy. I love the Star Wars comparison at episode four is me, and I think Stephen Filippi was a runner-up in the past or something, so I'm glad that he got it. This is a first having a unanimous decision on this. Yes, it is. All right, Stephen Filippi, please text, email, tweet at one of us, and we mostly, will send you a fabulous Mostly prize. Jonathan, because Vic and I will forget, as apparently yes. happened last, <laughs> last sorry, week. We were sorry, uh, Red Shoe. Yeah. Red Shoe, don't worry. I'm, I'm working yeah. on this. I'm going to have this. We at, are working, at JV Last. Make we sure to. are working on merchandising options. Uh, now, uh, as I mentioned uh, on this episode, in the past episode, we are now part of the Ricochet Audio Network, so we'd like to welcome... All of those new listeners who are, uh, uh, we're now on your feed, and uh, maybe Jonathan, uh, you can just give a little rundown of uh, last time on the show and elements or stuff like that. Something? Okay. Yeah, go for it. What are the actual tropes of the show? <laughs> I'm Jonathan Last, previously on The Substandard. We all like Tom Cruise. Sonny's favorite Thanksgiving dish is green bean casserole. Vic likes Hermione Granger. He really likes Hermione Granger. Other things that Vic likes. Germany. German history. German military history. <laughs> the Outback Steakhouse. And Michel Richard. All three of us thought that Rogue One was going to be terrible, but it turned out that we all loved it. Some of us more than others. Sonny and Vic think Martin Scorsese is the greatest director in the history of movies. I have proved that he's overrated. Sonny and I both believe that the Empire is good and that the real hero of the Star Wars saga is Darth Vader. We also believe that Senator Richard Kelly is the real hero of the X-Men universe, <laughs> yes. that Teddy KGB is the real hero of Rounders, <laughs> and that Belle would have been better off marrying Gaston at the end of Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, 100%. Because by marrying the prince, she all but guarantees herself a trip to the guillotine once the revolution breaks out a few months after the credits roll. Speaking of which... Vic really loved the recent Hermione and the Beast. Like, really, really loved it. Sonny and Vic drink bourbon. I drink Shufferhuffer. We all wear Prana jeans. The correct ranking of the three worst Star Wars toys is... Number one, the Twin Pod Cloud Car. Number two, Jabba's Palace. Number three, Boba Fett's Slave One. Christopher Nolan is a genius. You should split tens against a weak dealer card. No! And Sonny is always right. Wow. Fantastic. You've now been caught up. That's, that's wow, it. Wow, that's, that's it. Why don't we talk about uh, uh, pizza rankings here for a moment? I mentioned my trip to New York a few episodes ago, and I thought a good way to end, a, end would be like a dinner at a, you know, a real New York pizza place. And so it, I was, we were told, go to Patsy's on the Upper West Side. It's a lovely family joint. Uh, with very reasonable prices. In fact, it was probably the cheapest meal we had. Um, but uh, Only $9 a slice? It, no, no, no. Uh, so it was just a, a plain pie and four drinks. Uh, it was like 20 bucks. In New York. In New York? In New York. That's insane, <laughs> wow. right? That's insane. Okay. In Times Square, that's 60 bucks. Yeah, yeah, no. Uh, so I... I, and I stay away from vendors because there was a story in like the New York Post or on one of the local uh, TV affiliates about uh, hot dog vendors um, 
trying to like overcharge uh, tourists if they could tell you're from a foreign country, the hot dog costs twenty dollars. You know, versus you shouldn't you know. be buying street meat anyway. <laughs> That's that is. I've horrible. done it, and I'm still alive. JVL, I've had street meat, and I'm still alive. Um, but uh, anyway, please, could I, I need neither of you to ever say street meat again, please, for oh, the yeah. love of God. I had street meat in the 80s, and no, I'm still no, alive. No, God. <laughs> That's really true. Oh, my God. That's true. It was cheap. It was like five bucks <laughs> for street meat. Okay. Uh, I'm like outside of a museum of all places. Uh <laughs> That's really. I'm not lying. I'm not lying. Okay. Anyway, oh I I didn't think I didn't think the pizza. <laughs> I didn't think the pizza was that great. Okay, that's the thing. And I've had. I love New York pizza, and I've had better New York pizza. So maybe it was. Uh, you know, they just goofed it, burned it. But um, otherwise, I'm a big fan of New York pizza, and I think it is as as my good friend Ted Allen at the Food Network would say, and he has determined it's the water. Um, what they call good old city gin. That determines what makes New York pizza different. It's not anything else. It's not the dough. It's not anything. It's the water. Uh, but um, how about a pizza ranking if you want to do whatever you want to do? You want to talk about uh, frozen chains, restaurants. What do you like? What are your favorite pizzas? Uh, JVL. Can, well, hold on. Yeah, Can no, you yeah, share, sure. Sonny, you texted okay, over right. the weekend something. You, you, you texted, forget it was to just me or to me and Vic. You said, Boy, I love getting a good Sparrow pizza when I'm up in New York. Oh yeah, no, I was on Twitter. That was on, if you if you see it <sighs> if you see uh, uh great. If, if you go to at Sunny Bunch uh, on Twitter.com, you'll find that what's that? It's a it's a social media website. You have to communicate in short bursts. Uh, no, but uh, so uh, w- sh- am I going to go first to you? Yeah, or, go what, for JBL. You you have this whole thing planned out. I want to respond to you, frankly. I want JBL. You go first. Okay, I am not going to rank frozen pizzas because all frozen pizza is terrible. They now sell like nine dollar and twelve dollar frozen pizzas, and it's insane. I, you yeah. can make a really good pizza at home in about ten minutes. What I do is I use non bread, pesto, mozzarella, sun dried tomatoes, tofu, sausage. Tofurky brand because it's great, and a couple dollops of ricotta. Last night I didn't. I do didn't this. realize. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't realize this was Rachel Ray's cooking hour or whatever. So last night I made myself a frozen pizza because mm-hmm. I was just really mm-hmm. tired and trying to get. Mm-hmm. And something has happened to me that has never happened before. A sinkhole opened up in the center of my pizza, and literally, so like the bottom dropped out a size about like maybe a half dollar, and then all the cheese began just pouring out of it down onto. The floor of the oven. It was crazy. What did you have? Did you have a, so you didn't have a pan? You didn't put a cookie tray under it, a cookie sheet? Well, I did once the sinkhole opened up, but you don't put your pizza on the cookie sheet. You just put it right on the You put it on the rack. You know why? Because the directions say, some frozen pizzas say, put it on a sheet or on a pizza stone, which I have. I use a pizza stone when I'm cooking my own thing. Some say, put it directly on the rack, Mm -hmm. and I always follow instructions. The other key instruction to frozen pizza, Sonny, Mm -hmm. you may have noticed this, Mm. is that it says, after you remove from oven, allow it to stand for five minutes. This way you don't burn the crap out of the roof of your mouth by diving into your Wait a second. Is this why I had to get skin grafts on the roof of my yeah. mouth the other day? Because I because I just I pulled it out of the microwave because I get the little Mama Celeste pizza. <laughs> and I put those in you and I'm like, 90 seconds, 90 seconds, it's done. And then I immediately take it out and I just cram it into a ball <laughs> and I shove it in my mouth. And I just, I just ah, like an apple, I just take chunks out of it. But Feels I, good, right? It burns. It burns sometimes. Sometimes you get the burn. All right. So I won't talk to pizza. What I'm going to do is I'm going to rank pizzas by what you get when you go out to get them okay Okay. the very bottom the worst pizzas they make papa john's the thai and little caesars Hmm. papa john's 
has this insane, you know, so in advertising, they always say, what you want to do is you want to take your weakness and make it into a strength. And that's what Papa John's does. They say, you know, better ingredients, better pizza. No, it is not better ingredients. It is not a better pizza. It is the cheapest, worst ingredients, the cheapest, worst pizza. What Papa John's is, is the probably the best bang for your buck. They'll give you an awful lot of calories for a very low price. And if that's what you're into, you could do Papa John's pizza or you could just eat a stick of butter. Um, it's horrible. Hold on. I want to hear more about this butter option. <laughs> what about the garlic dip thing? The cup, the cup Next of garlic. What is that for? Horrible. Is that for the crust? Next step up is Pizza Bowley. Above that, Pizza Hut. Above that, Z Pizza. Above Don't that, Paisano's, a new chain flourishing in our part of the world, which yeah. I think is pretty good. Yeah. Pierre that, Garcon is a spokesman. Yeah. I'm a big fan. Domino's is actually the rejiggered Domino's. The new new look Domino's mm-hmm. is actually pretty good. All things. Mm-hmm. I've always thought the old school Domino's pizza was garbage pizza, but new school Domino's is pretty good. And above that, Uno's, which is still barely hanging on there as a chain. There are very few of them left, but it's good pizza, and I really like it. But the real winner, the best of all, Costco. The Costco pizza, not the take-home bake-in-your-own-oven pizza, because that actually doesn't work. It's actually too big for most ovens. Um, but the from-the-cafeteria pizzas that you can pick up there... I'm sorry, from-the-cafe yes. pizzas that you can get there are unbelievably delicious. Isn't that the uh, favorite pizza of uh, substandard listener Daniel Halper? Isn't that what? Uh, isn't he a fan of Costco? I'm pretty sure he yeah. does love the yeah, Costco yeah, pizzas. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. was singing its praises. That's right. That's at right. the Kentucky okay, so Derby well, party we went well, to. Well, there you go. Um, uh, there's the there's the mm-hmm. list. Okay. Disagree mm. at your peril. Go ahead, Sonny. Uh, my my one big disagreement with JVL's ranking is the idea that you get a better bang for your buck with Papa John's than Domino's. Domino's is significantly cheaper. Domino's is, Domino's is a significantly cheaper pizza, uh, and I I'm, I go back and forth on which one I like more. Papa John's the sauce is a little too sweet for me. I find it's a little sweet. It's, I'm not I'm not a huge fan of it, and I really like because it's, it's ketchup. I really like I really like the sauce. new Domino's uh, uh, crusts. They're like yes. s- they're like seasoned. Yep. Interestingly now, um, but are they you know, really cheaper though? Because I, I oh mean, yeah. admittedly I don't use any of these things because I, I I don't I mean except for Costco. You're a foodie. Um, no, you, not you a you make your I own just, pizza at home on your pizza stone. Yeah, I do. That's right. In what, my prana jeans. Following the yeah. instructions from but Rachel. It used Rat. to be that the Papa John's was like two extra large pizzas with two toppings each for nine bucks. No, that's. Uh, are Is you sure you're no not longer... thinking of Little Caesars? I, I, I are you remember. Sure you're I, not confusing Little Caesars and Papa John's. Sure. All right. Uh, Papa John's is better than you're giving it credit for. It's way better than Pizza Bowley, which is trash. Um, Pizza Bowley is terrible. I will be. Uh, Papa John's will give you dysentery. Ugh, you're an idiot. Uh, the the I I'm I'm not going to rank the chains because uh, chain pizza is all bad. It's all bad. It's all basically. Oh, no, it can't quality. be. It's a chain. CC's quality. No, no, that's right. No, in our last a, episode, it's a no, no. chain, so therefore it's good. That's, if no. it that's was right. good, it would already be a chain. That's what no. I heard and on the last episode. Cha- this is you guys are you guys are just making things up now. That never Ooh, happened. She's like revisionist. Uh, uh, that's been airbrushed out. The, uh, the the so I'm just going to instead list my go ahead my my. Uh, three favorite pizza places. Oh, okay. good. So you're going to do places that are standalone local to you that nobody who listens to the yeah. show will be exactly. able to relate to. Exactly. Excellent. Okay. So, uh, good. number one is uh, the You district, can go to the bathroom at home now. District of you... Pie Pizzeria. Deep dish. Great. Fantastic stuff. I prefer the deep dish to the like little foldy slice stuff. Can we, discuss, can we discuss? Can we discuss? Can we discuss? This is So this is the, the one thing I think we should discuss that will be of interest to readers. I know people who say that deep dish pizza is not pizza, that it's actually some sort of lasagna type dish. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
how do we feel about this? I think it's the best kind of pizza. It's really more substantial. It's more of a meal. That's a pie if you ever thought about yeah. a pie. I mean, I, I hate people who call a pizza pie a pizza pie, Vic. Really? I hate that. I hate you know, that so it, much. It's a Jersey it's thing. I mean, it? God, it, it is, is a Jersey, Jersey people. thing. It is the worst thing. Or so maybe Jersey, that, New York. Which means your opinion doesn't count. So, yeah. <laughs> Garbage. Uh, but I, I, uh, you, you, you say Uno's was at the top of your... Really like it. Ranking. Yeah. I, so, I mean, I, I, think it's, I think it's a heartier, substantial, better meal, frankly. It depends on what mood you're in, though, right? Yeah. I mean, sometimes you're in the mood for deep dish. Sometimes you're in the mood for thin crust. I don't, I would not place... I make this totally a, a choice about mood and where you are yeah. in the moment, right? My number two, my number two individual location that's not a chain that nobody can, can ever find, uh, is the, the, uh, the pizza place that's in Penn Station that just says pizza at the top of it because it's it's so wonderful what happens is i get very drunk in new york and i wind up in penn station you what and, and i'm like god i need some food so i order i order like two slices and a soda for you know seven bucks or whatever it is amazing that you've never it, then gotten on the wrong train to far rockaway <laughs> yeah, or something well i'm i'm not that drunk uh and i get the and i and of course i take the pizza immediately out of the oven that the, after they and i shove it in my, again i ball it up and I just I shove it in, and that is that's probably my my second favorite pizza place in the whole world. The Penn Station, just pizza. I don't even know what it's called. Uh, but of course, the best pizza place. If you're going to New York City, if you want to get a slice, that's the best. You have to go to Sparrow. You got to go to the Sparrow in Times Square. Oh it's gosh. the. I mean, look as hey, as we is, said, I draw the, the chains line. are They're the best. Ridiculous. If you're going to New York City and you want to get a good slice of pizza, you have to go to Sparrow. Yeah, you and Michael Scott, biggest chain, best pizzas, fantastic stuff. Well, you know what's great about Sparrow is that if you can't make it all the way to New York, you could just go to any rest stop on the Jersey Turnpike <laughs> and get a pie which is almost as good. Yeah. As the one in Times Square. Well, I mean, let's. I mean, there's something to be said for you know. Uh, and then a, you can get something else. There's something to be said for the, on the side. The, the at the rest stop. No, some street meats. <laughs> Don't bring that again. You know what? <laughs> so to speak. I was. I was. I hear that's what Jim McGreevy had yeah. both before and after. Okay, thank you. I was 11 when I had that street meat, by the way, in <laughs> New York, in the 80s. Um, Okay, I have several thoughts. Um, yeah, Vic, come on. This is like you're actually yes, the person yes, whose opinion yes. counts okay, on all okay, this. Okay, all right. First of all, uh, the Papa John's thing is interesting. They used to have canned mushrooms, which make the pizza taste better. If you go to any Jersey place or any New York place, they're not fresh mushrooms because you put them in the oven, they get all dry and shriveled, and they actually don't taste like anything. You get the canned mushrooms that soak up all that juice, and you could tell because it has that sort of dark golden color to it. Um, you put it on there, it works. So what happened was Papa John started with the uh, uh, the canned mushrooms, but they had their line about fresh ingredients, you know, the whole thing, and they got called out on it, I think by Pizza Hut and uh, or Domino's, and as a result, they switched to fresh mushrooms. Cool. Now, like, was there a Sharks and Jets style Yes, yeah, fight. totally. Oh, absolutely. Papa because new John kid, yeah, because Papa the nice jo Catholic. Yeah, Domino's John Schnatter was the new kid on the block, and so uh, uh, they fought him on that one. Uh, so that's one thought. Uh, the other one is Uno's. I've had great Uno's, some of the best. There was a great Uno's in Cherry Hill, JVL. Yes, there, yes, there was. And I, I was on my way Still from, is, I think. Really? It's big. And I remember the salad, and it came with these insane-looking growlers of Grolsch that, in fact, had vinaigrette dressing for the salad, and it was and a terrific pizza. Um, and at the same time, um, the worst food poisoning I ever got in my life was from Uno's. Really? It was in the one from Cleveland Park, which is gone in Washington, D.C. What, so what got you? Was the, I think it was. Was it the anchovies on it? It was the bad it? meat. I had bad meat. It was, it was, it was the, it was the, no, it really was. It was sausage. Once bitten, twice shy. <laughs> it was the Italian sausage. I'm, uh, this is all, this is true. I'm not That's making not a sausage. Sa <laughs> God. 
Okay, so that was uh, that was in the nineties. Um, uh, okay, so but I'm I'm with Sonny in giving. I'm going to give three locations of places where I like to get good pizza. Okay, so. Um, one, uh, as as uh, Sonny says, and as our friend Mike Goldfarb says, the, the the pizza at Penn Station, that's a good place. Uh, I, I was there with our friend Mike Goldfarb, and uh, that is a very good pizza. I mean, pizzas have to decide if they're going to be deep dish or they're going to be thin crust. The, my problem with Sparrow's is it's somewhere in between. It's just like, uh, I don't know what I want to be. I just want to appeal to everybody, like like a cruise ship. And, and yeah. uh, obviously works. It's very successful. Well, also, don't forget the ambiance there, because you get to eat your pizza with homeless people. So yeah, that's right. awesome. That's how I mean. That's how all pizza should be consumed, yes. right? Is like within I suppose so within smelling distance of the homeless. Number two is ready for this. Number two, you need you actually need a uh, a DeLorean to travel back in time to Geppetto's of Georgetown in 1992. I think Geppetto's is gone now, but they used is to. It? I they, used to go there. Oh my gosh! Back when I'd be on my visits to campus as oh. a high school kid, dying to get in. Then no, please tell me all about it. I'm sorry. What yeah, was it like is... when you were at Georgetown as an wow. undergraduate? This is really we'd all go. Out, it was like St. Elmo's fire, you know. No, it was uh, they had a pepperoni pizza that was kind of deep dish like and stacked pile high with pepperoni. They're sunny. Uh, JBL's banging his Poor head. JBL. Um, okay, here's 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 an interesting one. Uh, um, this is just an aside. Um, uh, you know what was around uh, when Geppetto's was around was Armand's. Oh yeah, and that was recently mentioned. If you watch the Americans, it was on it's the Americans. Yeah. They're talking about I, it in the well, Americans. The, the, Isn't it still there? Well, there there was one that was next to Heritage that closed. That's is right. The one I've on, been to that one too. Is the one on I think Wisconsin closed. closed as well? I don't know. I, I don't think know. Armand's might be a thing of the past. Uh, I haven't been there. Uh, it started good, to go downhill good, when it became a chain. <laughs> good research. Good research. Thank Jack. you. Yes. Yes. Uh, and, and then lastly, Jersey Pizza, and it's really a tie. Uh, with a, my hometown, Tom's River has a place called Chiano's, and uh, a place in uh, in Spring Lake, New Jersey, called Spring Lake Pizzeria. Oh, I like that place. Oh my gosh, I love it. it. Here's the key: it's sweet, it's not salty. So a lot of places outside of the tri-state area will say, "Oh, I want to." We have we have New York style pizza, and it's all salt. What they're forgetting is it, it should be sweeter. Uh, and that I makes, love that, that makes place. And, and right, the next town over, Belmar has Federico's, which is another awesome. I've been pie. there too, and fantastic, absolutely. Um, in the subcategory, I'll say of uh, Chicago deep dish, uh, Giordano's and Lou Malnati's are also both great uh, deep dish uh, pizzas. Okay, give me your go-to pizza topping order. Go, Sunny. Uh, I usually get mushrooms and ham. Mushrooms and ham, Victorino. Pepperoni and green pepper because it makes my wife happy. If I was alone, I'd say anchovies. Yeah, so I'm sorry, anchovies only. Only or anchovies. Oh, don't get plus. crazy. No, 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 no. The anchovy is so overwhelming. If it's like really good anchovies, you can't have anything else on it. Maybe onion, but that's insane. Okay, interesting. JVL. Uh, I go extra cheese. Just cheese. Oh. Yeah, just you. cheese and more Extra cheese. Extra cheese and be within and like 100 feet Although of a bathroom. They, if they have tofu Kevin sausage. Kevin McAllister over here. If they have tofu sausage, I'll put some tofu oh sausage on you that puppy s- too. You really need to just stop with this that, tofu that thing. Is, and that, and that's, nonsense. And that's what pizza's like in the Soviet Union. It's bad, okay. for, it's bad for the brand of the show. Yeah. For yeah. you to be yeah. this oh. into tofu. I'm mm-hmm. just going to throw that mm-hmm. out there. Some of us care about the animals. Okay. Well, God knows I don't. Mm, but that's a, that's a, that's a disappointing topic. It's another way you can tell JBL's talking. If he's talking about caring about animals or tofu, tofurkey, that's another great t- topic. Uh, anyway, uh, so um, again, uh, that's a little bit of a disappointing uh, topping. But you know what's not disappointing? Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two at the box office with 145 million dollars. 
it totally crushed. Are we going there now? I think we're going there now. Yeah. Sonny, you're looking at me crazy. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, here's a little bit of an aside. Uh, $145 million at the box office, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. It was followed by Fate of the Furious. And do you know what was in third place? Boss Baby. Yes, Boss <laughs> Baby. Boss Baby is going to be like something about Mary. It's just, it's just going to keep on going the whole summer. You know what? Boss by baby. August, it'll be number one again. <laughs> there will be the third weekend in August <laughs> yeah. when everything else yeah, is dead. Boss dead. Baby will make $11 million and it'll be totally. the number one movie in America. Totally. Okay, now, um, I think this is one of those rare moments, I think, where we all saw Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes. Uh, you went? Two. I went. I took my son. Okay. Uh, first, uh, Did I, he have a lot of questions for you? I know what you're saying. Uh, no, at a, he, but he had a he he had a. There is a discussion. Excuse me. There is a discussion of uh, of a little bit of the birds and the bees, uh, if that's what you're talking about. Yes. And it, uh, he hasn't He's brought it up to yet. that age. He hasn't brought it up, but he was kind of giggling. So I do not know. Uh, but let's, uh, Sonny, let's go to the professional uh, movie yeah. review. Only one of us uh, has uh, uh, Rotten Tomato credentials. Yes, true. Okay, Rotten Tomatoes. Has ordained me well, yeah, to be I, the most important. I kind of want to have Vic do it. One of the most important <laughs> film review it. critics in the I'm country. I'm not ready to. I have some thoughts, but okay, go ahead, Sonny. Okay. Tell us what you think. We'll go around. I know. We've tried that ahead. before. Yeah. I know, and I liked it. I and it was what did I get? B minus? I tried to be minus. Yeah, but the curve is, there's no longer you know, a curve. Yeah, you're going to give me a hard You're going to give me a hard rating. You're going to work on it. You're going to work on it. Okay. I'll give you a hard rating. So, Guardians of the Galaxy 2 is the continuation of the adventures of Star-Lord, uh, played by Chris Pratt, Gamora, played by Zoe Saldana, uh, the vicious, maniacal raccoon, uh, Rocket Raccoon, played by, voiced by Bradley Cooper, Little Baby Groot, uh, who is voiced again by Vin Diesel, and Trax the Destroyer, uh, who's played by the professional wrestler Dave Bautista. Um, uh, if you've seen the original movie... Uh, I think that you will like this one a great deal. It 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 takes all of their. I mean, it it. Or I don't know about a great deal, but you'll enjoy it. It is it is nothing new. There's nothing particularly uh, 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 fantastic or exciting about this. The the there are two kind of competing storylines. One involves uh, Kurt Russell uh, playing this uh, playing a godlike character called Ego, who is the son of or is the father of Star Lord Chris Pratt. Um, and then you have uh, Rocket Raccoon and and uh, Baby Groot trying to uh, deal with the the Ravagers, who is uh, who are led by Michael Rooker, and um, bringing 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 all that together. I, my my biggest problem with this movie, frankly, uh, is that it keeps the team separated for far too long. Like you have you have basically almost three competing storylines, really. With uh, one involves Ego and Star Lord's, you know, weird relationship. Another involves uh, the Ravagers and Rocket Raccoon, and then there's a third involving Gamora and uh, her sister Nebula, uh, who uh, they're both the daughters of Thanos, and they have their, you know, sibling rivalries and tensions and whatnot. It, it, it there, there's just there's kind of too much going on, and they 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 don't really do a very good job of getting everybody in the same room together. I mean, the whole reason the first one was so good was because everybody was interacting with each, with each other, playing off each other. And there's a lot of, there's just, there's, there, there isn't enough of that here for me. Um, JBL did not like this movie though. JBL? Why is that JBL? No, I, I kind of hate happened? it. What um, happened? Well, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, it's once there's too much going on, but the other hand, there's nothing going on. This, I mean, this movie is purposeless. I, I, whatever. I, I mean, I'll slag off on it in a minute. Can I tell you the one thing I thought was interesting about it? 
Yeah. Please. The one thing that's interesting is that you could read this movie as an indictment of 1980s divorce culture and absentee fathers. <laughs> okay. Uh, where they go so far as to make it a, a father who's leaving his family to go off and pursue his own goals. And in fact, can we do a spoiler? Right. Uh, I, mean, I don't think a, you should. I don't think you should. Really? Say what you're gonna with the, the yeah yeah I don't think you should say no that. okay mm. well anyway is really bad yeah I would say this does not look on the idea of single parenthood as something that is like totally cool and you know kids are resilient and they'll be fine this this sees that as fathers who abandon their children doing really really bad things to them and uh, that's kind of interesting. And that is about the only thing interesting in it, Victorino. Uh, do you want? I mean, I'll, no, no, no. You, I'd I, like to hear I was what you think about the same I thing because Chris go Pratt goes off on his father, who's been gone all this time, and saying, you know, I had to, you know, I pretended that, you know, David Hasselhoff was my father all this time, and he, you know, the whole thing, and I, you know, with all the other kids and how difficult it was for him growing up, and, and his mother who was sick and dying, and this whole thing, and you weren't there when she died, you know, and uh, yeah, that's that that's a pretty uh, profound point. Um, I I liked it overall. I thought it was great. Um, great, uh, yeah, great, great. By my standards, all the way to great. I'll tell you this, JVL. I'll tell you this to our listeners. Remember, there was a very small moment, a very small window in my time at the Weekly Standard where I reviewed movies, and I think every movie I reviewed was great. I don't think there was anything that was ever bad. So that's just the way I am. Um, it's funny to see Kurt Russell and Sylvester Stallone. Uh, in the same movie together, and I thought the last time they were together was what Tango and Cash <laughs> in 1989. Yeah, I think so. are yeah. they on screen together in this no, at all? They are no, not on not, screen right. together at all. Okay, uh, the other thing is this. You know what? Uh, you know why I liked it also. I have a soft spot for uh, great character actors, and I love Michael Rooker. He's great. Yeah, I like Michael Rooker. Uh, and and uh, Henry Portrait of a Serial. Killer. Yeah, no kidding, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, was which was like rated X. Come a long way. But he has come a long way. And the great thing about Michael Rooker is, uh, no matter what his skin color is, if it's blue or white or whatever, it's basically the same Michael Rooker, which is always boy, and then fill in the blank. You know, everything is boy. Yeah. Boy. You watch Mississippi Burning. You know, or if you see him at JFK, Mall Rats. Yeah. Mall you even, you even get a little rats. bit of that yeah. in Mall Rats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mall Rats. He has that in him, and of course, as Yondu, he might be blue, but he still has that southern drawl. So I was happy for Michael Rooker, The that, Walking Dead. And he, yeah, yeah, and 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 he's given a lot of scenes to chew. He really does. So that was great. Um, it really had a weird seventy. You know, I, I always thought that the Guardians of the Galaxy was more eighties, but this is more seventies. And certainly, if you watch, you have to watch the end because how many stingers are there, Sonny? Five. Five stingers. Uh, the credits have that 70s feel to it. So it's definitely more of a 70s retro yeah. feel. Um, and there's some interesting things you see during the credits, as, fa- as a matter of fact. But on the downside, visually exhausting. Um, I just find it to be a bit much when the battle is going on. I thought there was way too much time in the brainstem or in the brain without getting any into details. Not, I just felt like I was there forever. Exhausting, boring. I mean, this is—I I'm, am not kidding. I am not kidding when I tell you that when we get to the final battle inside the brainstem, uh, for the first time in my life, I was so uninterested in what was going on. I closed my eyes and nodded off for a minute or two. Wow! Because I really—I could have cared less about what was going on. I did not care about any of the characters. I did not care about any of the conflicts. Mm-hmm. I knew what the outcome was going to be. And visually, it was boring as hell. Like, it wasn't even overstimulation in the way that... I like the blur the fi- I mean, No, but it is a blur because the action is all staged incomprehensibly. Yeah. And I... That's true. I don't know. I mean, can I, can I drop a bomb on, on this stupid... What time is it, Vic? 
3915. The stupid movie, because I disliked it initially, but every hour that has passed since I saw it in the theater, I have disliked it more to the point where I now kind of hate it. Hmm. May I? Yeah, but that means that you'll hate it so much that by tomorrow you'll end up kind of loving it again. You might go. No, I sight. don't think so. <laughs> so the, fir- the first Guardians right, movie go. gets by on charm, and that's mostly because the tone is so unexpected. The movie announces that early, very, very early, when Chris Pratt goes dancing as he gets to uh, steal the golden idol from the, you know, oh, it's an orb, right? Not, not the golden idol. Um, it's got a lot of gags in it. It's kind of salty. It's funny to see a raccoon saying D-bag, and it's funny to see Glenn Close calling someone a prick. Uh, and there's that awesome moment when he's in prison and he does the wind-up middle finger joke and he goes, oh, I'm sorry, I don't know how this machine works. And all of that is kind of like the first time you see Jack Sparrow in the original Pirates of the Caribbean, which is that you think you're coming to one movie and instead you get an off-speed pitch because this is unlike any Marvel movie you've seen before. All that stuff was in the ads. How could you be surprised by getting any of this in the movie? Theater? Because it was, it was the tone the of the whole. Because it was the tone it. of the whole movie. This is so. This is, so. This is a tone which is utterly foreign to viewers and is kind of charming because of that. Uh, and despite the fact that it has a nothing burger story with no actual tension, and can you even tell me now today who the bad guy was and what his conflict was with Star Lord? No, you can't. Uh, and despite the fact that it didn't really have any direction and it was kind of meandering and there were too many characters, it was all sort of fun. And it was a novelty, and I do not think that it holds up well on repeated viewing. I watched it again this weekend. I watched it while I was off running on my birthday on the treadmill, and I, I could not, having really liked it pretty much in the, in the theaters, I was, by mile seven, mm. I was like, God, can this movie get a freaking move on? Um, and Guardians 2 has nothing, nothing in it except for an attempt to continue this charm. And this time, it all feels incredibly forced. There's nothing new here. Gunn has not added any other dramatic elements. The story is an absolute mess. There's no structure. There are no compelling dramatic arcs for any of the characters. Uh, Everything just meanders, except that now it's in a way that feels cloying and charming. So whenever Chris Pratt or Rocket Raccoon says a-hole or D-bag, it's just box-checking. Got to give them a funny near-curse word so they'll know it's a Guardians movie. Uh... It's it downgrades the interesting characters. Gamora, who was an interesting character in the first one, is barely there in this. Barely in the movie. It's a real problem. And has radically depowered her. Like in the first movie, she's this galaxy-wide super assassin, and now she's just some girl with a sword. Groot, because he's miniaturized, is actually pulled away from the main the main plot. Uh, I I found myself by the end kind of rooting for the gold people. I. uh, yeah. This oh wait, is, you're you're telling me that Jonathan Last was rooting for the villain, the nominal villain of the movie by the end. <laughs> no, of No, not this even one? because they yeah. deserve to win uh-huh. or anything. And then the retconning of the Ravagers, who are in the first movie, like kind of a heavy and interesting, and now they're just some super cuddly, high moral code. They're they're just hookers with hearts of gold, mm. or pirates with hearts of gold. Uh, and then again, the the incompetence, James Gunn's inability to direct an action sequence in a minimally competent manner, I just. It gobsmacks me. And he tries to hide this in the first set piece of the movie by putting the action sequence literally fuzzed into the background to focus on Baby Groot dancing, which is cute for 30 seconds, except it keeps going and going and going and going. And there's nothing new in it. The whole thing is tired and stale Hmm. within 45 seconds of the movie starting. Hmm. And I, I just hated this movie like I cannot even tell you. Wow. I think the kids liked it. But yeah. you, I, it'll probably. Uh, you Did know, they like I the mean, first one? Yeah. 
yeah, they did. I can see kids liking the first one. Mm-hmm. I, I guess little kids might like the second one. Well, the Baby Groot thing is a thing. You know what I mean? Sure. That's, baby Groot's adorable. Who yeah. doesn't want My comic that's, book that's shop it. has 15 baby Groot, different Baby Groot toys in it. How many do you own? <laughs> hey, Vic, what time is it? <laughs> <That's> <laughs> 43, 28. Go f*** yourself. How about the pizza stone? Do you use that as a tesseract when you're not cooking You know what I would it? like to do? I'd like to melt the Baby Groot on my pizza stone. <laughs> but then how would you cook pizzas? I have multiple pizza oh, stones. Of course you do. Yeah. Of course Again, you do. Again, one of them is also a tesseract when he's, uh, when he's uh, cosplaying. You know, no, well, I mean, dispi- do you disagree with any of this, Sonny? Yeah, I mean, I. so here's my problem with the movie, and it's the same problem I have with Guardians that you kind of touch on a bit, and it's the same problem I have with literally every Marvel movie, which is that none of them are memorable in any real way, and I, uh, I enjoyed it in the theater at the time. I haven't thought about it once since, uh, and I probably won't think about it again. I certainly won't watch it again. I don't rewatch any of these films. Um, they are like utterly disposable confections, as far as I'm concerned. Not all. And of them, I though. thought, and I thought that this was a totally acceptable, utterly disposable confection. I was entertained for two hours and twenty minutes. It goes on forever. Um, uh, and I thought it was. I thought it was fun. I thought it was actually fun and funny and and entertaining, as opposed to Fate of the Furious, which is just stupid. Um, and uh, so I was. If I had paid to see it, I don't pay to see movies because I'm. Uh, very important Rotten Tomatoes certified credit. Uh, I, I don't pay to see movies, but if I had paid to see it, I wouldn't have been disappointed. Wow. Off the top of your head, can you think of uh, any sequels that were you liked better than the originals? Yes, and I, I was actually going to say, so there are two, yeah. if you're trying to figure out what has gone wrong here, there are two possibilities. The okay. first is that this is just what happens when you push a sequel out one year after a surprise hit, and they greenlit this sequel at San Diego so before San Diego Comic-Con a year ago before the original Guardians had even come out they had said we're going to do another one and we're pushing forward on that now and they rushed so they really rushed to get a movie get this movie done so the first thing you could say is okay maybe that's what's happening but the other possibility is that we have reached the moment when Marvel has entered its late decadent phase because when is the last time you went to and saw a Marvel movie and thought that it was legitimately good and I went through all of them looking at this, and for me, I think the last good Marvel movie, I have to go back three years to Winter Soldier. Civil War. Captain America. Civil War is not very good. It's not very good. It's fine. I mean, it's... It's it's, it's fine, but it's, it's not very. It's not. It's not I mean, like I don't. It is a median like, movie. Here's the it problem. Is not none of, actually a none, good movie. None of these. Winter movies, Soldier is a good movie. Literally, none of these movies are worth watching again. No Marvel movie that has been okay. made. I've. You know, the only one that I've uh, watched again after seeing in theaters I'm pretty sure is uh, Avengers which was fine the first one I was like Avengers well I guess very that's, good. that's 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 a, a perfectly okay way to waste you know two and a half hours of my time uh, I I just I like I think all of these movies are designed to, they're these these movies are the, uh, the they are actual comic books insofar as they are superhero books that are totally disposable you forget them about them yeah. you forget about them six months later so the first five years of the Marvel film universe you get a bunch of movies which are good to very good to great you get yeah, like iron, iron man, man 2 not iron man 2 so you get iron man iron man 3 the incredible hulk and the avengers which are which are really good movies uh the hulk isn't really theirs is it yeah i guess the oh, hulk yeah. is theirs yeah. yeah um and then thor is okay the first captain america is okay 
But since then, since 2013, what do we have? Doctor Strange, Civil War, Ant-Man, Age of Ultron, Guardians of the Galaxy, Thor Dark World. This, and the only good movie is Winter Soldier. I mean, their batting average has dropped so far. The only one of those movies I would have given a thumbs down is uh, Thor Dark World. Okay. I mean, I, like, I I just don't know how to disagree with that except to say it's wrong. No, I mean it's you're you're wrong actually. Just, these are two star. Just in, substantially, in, just like it just in, you out know, of a five star range. Statistically, these are two star movies. Statistically speaking, if you look at the, the, science. the ratings of these films on websites like Metacritic and Rotten Tomatoes, you're just wrong. Oh, you're, so you're, you're saying we should use as our stand-in for whether they're good or not <laughs> what people, what <laughs> normal garbage people out yeah, there think of I, it? Well, I mean, look, you, you're welcome to your terrible opinion uh, and your your, yeah. your awful crankiness and your... That's look, great. I know you're a shill for DC who's paid by Warner Brothers to say all these things, JVL. <laughs> no, I that's know wrong. It. This is okay, I know to it. new listeners. I know it. Sonny is the DC shill. That's true. I am, I am yeah. very... Yeah. I, you, I'm so excited for Wonder Woman. Oh, my gosh. So uh, anyway, anyway. Okay. so Vic, I don't know. So All you right. really, you, there was nothing that bothered you. It was like, fine, hey, but it's I, great. It, it, yeah, that, that, that's how I am, as you know. I'm like, oh, that's a nice movie, but but I, I do think it, it takes a lot of effort to see it again to say, oh, I want it. If I'm channel surfing and I see it, I'm probably going to skip past like Age of Ultron or whatever. Well, also, by the way, you were talking about the Incredible Hulk. Uh, what happened? To, why? What was wrong with Eric Bana? And he, as opposed to Ed Norton, Is it, was it all that much better? Was Ed Norton much better than Eric Bana? Or was it two studi- different studios? Two, it, it, Sony this is was too one. Com- this is this too complicated, complicated to explain. And uh, well, how come there hasn't been a standalone with Mark Ruffalo? Uh, because nobody wants to see a Mark. They, they nobody wants to see a Hulk movie. They wise. This actually, you should give credit Marvel for this. Mm. They understand that nobody wants to see a whole movie Hulk of Hulk. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and that's actually that's a sophisticated bit of corporate management. Okay. He works much better as a bit player. And, but you know, and you look, and the TV all sucks too. This is what I'm saying. So Marvel is putting out these TV shows, which should be for somebody like me. I'm the target audience for this. I have said for years I want to see an Agents of Shield show, and now it exists. I love Luke Cage. I love Iron Fist. I love Jessica Jones. I love Jessica Jones when the Brian Michael Bendis comics were first coming out. Love Daredevil. All the none of these shows are any good, and so I. I just yep. wonder what's mm. going on. I mean, with the, Marvel. the real problem with the Marvel TV shows is that they are way, way, way too long. They're thirteen. It's thirteen hours of programming for like a four-hour story. Yeah. Yes, no, I mean, but, that's, but that's this is real, not unique. This is a problem of streaming. I think yeah. writ large, one of the things everybody says, oh, streaming is the golden age of television. I don't know about this. What it seems to me, and I don't watch all the streaming because there's too much for any one person to watch. Yeah. It seems to me like it is much a much worse problem than broadcast series used to be, yeah. where you have like pulling taffy for a tiny bit of story stretched over hours and hours of programming. And they're just, it, you're just running in place. Yep. Instead of the story moving relentlessly onwards, you're not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Now, do you disagree, Vic? You know what I think? Dollar Shave Club is the smarter choice. <laughs> you will get a great shave at a great price, conveniently delivered right to your door. It's a no-brainer choice. You no longer have to schlep to the store to buy a cheap disposable razor that gives you a cheap shave or spend a fortune on razors with gimmicky shaving tech you didn't need. When I use my Dollar Shave Club executive razor with Dr. Carver's Shave Butter, the blade glides ever so gently. It gives me such a smooth shave. That's why I look like a baby today. Uh, Plus, their Dr. Carver's Shave Butter is transparent for more precise shave, helps prevent ingrown hairs and fights razor bumps. 
Now, listeners to the Substandard can make the smarter choice by joining Dollar Shave Club. For a limited time, new members get their first month of the Executive Razor with a tube of their Dr. Carver's Shave Butter for only $5 with free shipping. After that, razors are just a few bucks a month. That's a $15 value for only 5 bucks. In your first month, you get an awesome weighty handle, a full cassette of four cartridges, and a tube of their shave butter. After your first month, replacement cartridges ship automatically at their regular price. There are no hidden fees and no commitments. Cancel at any time, but why would you? You can only get this offer exclusively at dollarshaveclub.com slash substandard. That's dollarshaveclub.com slash substandard. So that was a word from our sponsor of the week. But how about uh, Spirit of the Week? Wait, hold on. Hold yes, on. JBL. Before we move on to Spirit of the Week, two two things. First of all, Please. it's a very, very nice read. Oh, thank you. And also, I would say only suckers are still buying Gillette these days. Like, mm. this is really, you should, if you are not on the internet shave revolution, you should get on that um, because it's it's great and you should do it. Uh, secondly, Sonny, you had said before the show that you had wanted to do one final ranking before we moved on to Spirit of the Week. <laughs> I want to rank the Chris's. Okay. Everyone talks about this is this was a thing this morning. Uh, people talking about the Hollywood's diversity problem. Oh, it's all white guys named Chris. This is nonsense because the Chris's are very diverse. Uh, so if I were ranking the Chris's, number one is Chris Pratt, most charismatic uh, movie star type since Harrison Ford in American Motion Pictures. Number two is Chris Hemsworth, who's shockingly funny. The only thing we're seeing in the Lady Ghostbusters movie is actually a man, Chris Hemsworth. Number three, Chris Pine, surprisingly good actor. Check him out in uh, Hell or High Water and other great movies. Uh, number four would be a cut, cardboard cutout of a guy named Chris. Uh, number 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 si- number five would be Chris Kattan. Uh, number number six would be Chris Cooper. Actually, I would flip Cooper and Catan. Yes. Co- Cooper and Catan. Yes. Uh, and then last and last and very definitely least is Chris Evans, who is a soggy, wet bag and brings nothing to the table uh, except for apparently muscles. Ladies love him. I cannot disagree with that enough. That was uh, uh, totally totally. You are wrong, and every you're so wrong. You're not okay. even wrong. Okay. Uh, Chris Pine is number one. Because he is, in fact, the Harrison Ford analog. Uh, no. If you're, no. No, no. That's but whatever whatever you think wrong. of Chris Pratt, wh- even if you're going to say he's great, he isn't Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford does different things. Chris Pratt does not do the things that Harrison Ford does. Chris Pine does. Okay. Uh, I don't think that's right. That's number two, Chris wrong. Evans is basically the new Brad Pitt. He functions as an emotional center of things. He's he's actually really good. He he doesn't What he does doesn't look complicated. It looks simple. But it's important. He sort of glues and serves as the connective tissue for things happening around him. And he's got a great voice. Number three is, I was sort of pro-Chris Pratt going into Guardians of the Galaxy 2, but I don't know, man. Like, all of a sudden, he looks like Mark Harmon. And I, I feel like we may have reached the end of his shtick, and it turns out he doesn't have a second pitch. He's got one pitch, and it's pretty good, but once hitters figure it out, what's he going to do? And number four... Chris Hemsworth, who I like. This is not a slight. I think he could be a sort of new Jack Arnold Schwarzenegger and do all sorts of interesting things with his career. I am... Victorino? Yes. Uh, thank you, JVL. Uh, I still like Chris Pratt. I th- he's my number one pick because he's a real American hero. He loves the American flag. Remember that? Loves America. Yeah, he loves Chris America. Loves you America. can't beat that. Chris Evans, I'm not so sure about, but uh, great voice. He's a man. I think I could not picture a better Captain America than him. I'm not a big fan of Chris Hemsworth. 
Um, and, and lastly, uh, on, on my list is Chris Kimball, uh, formerly of America's Test Kitchen and now on Milk Street. Uh, great guy, uh, businessman, mm-hmm. and runs a terrific food empire. Chris Pine, such an amazing movie star that Vic totally forgot about him in his ranking. I remember him from Bottle Shock. He's fine. He's fine. Okay. Uh, and I know Jonathan was raving about him from, I guess, from the first Star Trek, but uh, I remember him from Bottle Shock. And, uh, he's, he's fine. Um, okay. Uh, Spirit of the Week is Woodford Reserve. We just celebrated recently the Kentucky Derby, and uh, that's what I had when I was at the Brown Forbid box. It was delicious. There's different kinds of Woodford Reserve now. Um, it's all good. Uh, and uh, that's what we are having today. Um, corrections additions. JVL. I have a correction. Mm. I said that John Badham had maybe directed Flashdance. I caught myself and I half corrected it, but it wasn't. I thought I was wrong, but I wasn't sure. I was wrong. John Badham, most remembered for Saturday Night Fever, mm. Short Circuit, Bird on a Wire, War Games. He has since moved on to television. His daughter Kelly is lovely. Uh, Flashdance, directed by Adrian Lynn. Oh, yeah. That's oh, right. Yeah. Who that's also right. directed Fatal Attraction and Jacob's Ladder, Indecent Proposal, oh. and Victorino. Uh, I was going to say Fatal Attraction. Un- what unbutton else? your top button there. Uh-huh, Get ready. Yeah, uh-huh. Something that was very classic to us as 12-year-old boys. Nine and a half weeks. Yes. Really? Ding, 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 <laughs> ding, ding. <laughs> I totally guessed that. <laughs> the way you were looking at me. Okay. I don't even know what that movie was about. The Ice guess. Cube. You guys are so yeah. old. I can only watch that movie four minutes at a time. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, I'm going to take it from there. Uh uh, my brother-in-law, Captain Bill Dwyer, says, Eric Roberts' movie that I mentioned in the micro episode was Best of the Best. Yes. And, of course, Best of the Best Part 2. Yes. Uh, that's Eric Roberts. So he's very skilled in, in the martial arts. Uh, Sonny, do you have anything? Uh, usually you I have no corrections. Mm-hmm. Usually mm-hmm. I have no corrections. You but this something. week I did. I, I had said, you know, we need to, the best, the best chain is the biggest chain. And I had said McDonald's. And even as I was saying it, I was like, wait, Actually, Subway is the the best chain, but I did not want to actually have to defend the Subway sandwiches, which are garbage. So I just stuck with McDonald's and hope nobody would call me out on it. And I just I I got blown up on Twitter. So it's again you bastards. But it, it, it's the whole bland thing. The, the broader the flavor, the more people you could draw, and it's very much yeah. like a cruise ship. So you know that's that's what's going on there. Uh, also, thanks to listeners JMO and Just Carl for pointing out that the late Casey Kasem didn't just dedicate songs from women to women. He dedicated songs to dead dogs, and he once went ballistic, and they provided the link on YouTube. It's quite classic. We'll put that in show notes. Okay. And that's all the time uh, we are giving to this episode. Questions, comments, complaints, compliments. Tweet us at Victorino Mattis at Sunny Bunch. Again, be Make sure, sure to add JV and add J- sorry, I took my headphones off because uh, <laughs> I had to just get JV last voice out of my ears yeah. with his nonsense opinions on Guardians of the Galaxy. You should tweet at him mm-hmm. to tell him how wrong he is we'll at see. JV last. We'll see who's wrong. Again, be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes or Google Play. Just type in Substandard under podcasts and we are there. Leave a review. Tell your friends. Don't forget, Substandard show notes will be up on Friday at 11 a.m. Until next time. <laughs> So, uh, do you have any uh, other final thoughts? I have a final thought, but uh, you go first. Fi- you know what? The last thing that I hated about Guardians of the Galaxy <laughs> was the the final stinger, which is the Watchers leaving Stan Lee sitting on the rock. To me, that played mean, and Stan 
we can have an entire complicated discussion about Stan Lee sometime. Mm-hmm. And I understand that there is a school of thought which actually really hates him and thinks that he is a vainglorious yeah. uh, guy who hogged all the credit and really cheated Jack Kirby. But that said, he is a titan and he's an old man who may not be with us for much longer. And to have what you never know could be his final appearance on film be, be that. Which is like him as a lo- you know sitting alone with like the watchers, which I believe he created, just walking away from him because they're bored of him. So, I again, I I'm certain they did not intend that in a disparaging way because they all love Stan. But I thought it played very differently. It and did. Not it did in- confirm the fan theory though that Stanley is a watcher. This was this is a thing that <laughs> is the reason thing? the reason why he pops up in all these different movies is because he's actually right. a watcher, which is kind of funny. I thought I that thought that funny. was actually a That's nice fun. I, it didn't bother me. Again, this is a thing that did not bother me. That and uh, Jonathan, I know you take it personally because you actually uh, know Stanley. I uh, well, I I met him once in a green room, and he was unbelievably sweet. So uh, I do own a number of comic books signed by him. <laughs> If we had a uh, sound effect, it would be ding. Okay. Oh, it would be something. <laughs> okay. Uh, so uh, my thought was we were at the Michael Caine party, and uh, I was talking to a... Subs- we, were at, we were at the Michael Caine Kentucky Derby Kentucky party. Kentucky Derby Remember, party, yes. Remember, probably some people who did not catch the Kentucky Derby mini-episode, sadly. Go, oh, right, you should go right. listen to it oh, now if gosh. you missed it. Yeah, why, if you listen to us normally, why would you not listen to the micro-episodes? I don't so understand good. that. I don't know about that. But um, uh, at, the, uh, at the Derby party was a substandard listener. Uh, Amanda Lapino Esposito, and uh, she was telling us uh, that she loves the standard, uh, the substandard. And uh, but what happened was uh, about a month or two ago, uh, she was driving uh, on the road. It was rainy and storming, and she lost control of her vehicle. This is a true story. She loses control of the vehicle. She goes crashing un- into a ditch. The car smashes into a tree. The airbags go off. The car is totaled. You know what she said? The only thing that was working was the substandard podcast. On the, it was playing. It wouldn't stop. You know, everything else had been destroyed. And she said her thought was, why is Sonny Bunch still talking to me? <laughs> and she's, and, well. You know, I, well, I'm, I'm sure it was fine. 